With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There is a great disturbance in the force. You don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not afraid. Okay, uh, we're back. It's been a little bit, and uh, you know what? We're going to be better about it, but it is episode two of We Have Spoken, but you know what? In my defense, Florida calls, and Florida, you go. answer. You answer. That's what happens. All right, my name is BJ. With me is uh, is Ricky, and What's we up? are here to talk about The Mandalorian and uh, anything else Star Wars that pops into our head and whatnot. So, uh, But we've got two episodes to discuss on this particular on this particular venture, we're going to talk about uh, episode three, The Sin, and then episode four, Sanctuary, which is uh, what just came out last Friday. And uh, so far, it's funny because I had said that I I wanted The Mandalorian to kind of pick up the pace. Like, I was fine with it, how it was going, but I was like, I want to know more. I want it to I want like I mean and, the, and it's not like there wasn't action in the first two episodes or anything I just I I wanted right. more movement and we definitely got that especially in the other one uh before we dive into that uh you had told me that you finally are watching Star Wars Rebels getting into it getting yeah. into it it's not a bad show it's it's Dave Filoni so it's the same guy that was behind Clone Wars yeah that's good I'm I'm enjoying it and if you are, if you're enjoying that, there's also a pretty good read from uh, Marvel called Kane and the Last Padawan when Kanan was younger. So it's pretty sweet too. You got to check that out. But yeah, actually, Logan and I started. <clears throat> Logan is my son. For those of you who don't know, he's three. Uh, we started watching Star Wars Rebels as well, and he has asked me every single night if we can watch an episode of Star Wars Rebels. He loves Ezra. So nice. It makes sense. That's why I thought that would be a good one to start him on. Everybody uh, was saying, or I had one guy on Twitter, my friend Ben was saying how he was he couldn't believe that we um started on rebels and not clone wars and you know clone wars is yeah. is really good like it's a fantastic show but i just didn't think that he would grasp clone wars the way that he is kind of latched on because you know it's, vera came downstairs and is like oh what are you guys watching and he goes we're watching star wars rebels that's ezra that's sabine that's hera and that big guy he's zeb and the guy that they <laughs> took prisoner that's kanan like it's just like right like right out like that so clearly he enjoys the show yeah it's got more of an adventuresque feel to it right a little more familiar with the band of heroes so i could see why he'd start with yeah that. it feels very much like uh classic star wars especially you know the sound effects that are used because there's signature sounds with star wars that go together you yep. know what i mean so i think that that if you've not watched star wars rebels 
uh, you should definitely do so because it is a good show. And I'm glad that you're finally watching it because it dives into some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and I'm, you know what? I'm glad I'm watching it because of, and I know we'll get there in Chapter 4, but because of the little connection we see between Rebels and that little creature in right. Chapter 4. Now, I know that I think that Dave Filoni actually said that we're going to start seeing more uh, I don't know. He didn't say specific characters unless I misread or something, but I believe we're going to be seeing characters from uh, the Clone Wars shows and things like that on live action Star Wars. And I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if he meant the Mandalorian or if he meant the upcoming Obi-Wan show with Ewan McGregor. Uh, but we will uh, we'll have to or see. Both. It would be really cool. I would I would love to see a live action version of Ashoka, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Um, but in but, a show like The Mandalorian, could you get a Sabine, right? Well, you could. You you might. But I don't know. See, that's where I'm confused. A lot of this Mandalorian stuff, um, you know, with the not taking off your helmet. So, like, is she technically a Mandalorian? Like, what? Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, I know that she was a Mandalorian. She was part of a clan. Yeah. She had, you know, with everything that went on with that. You're not far enough into Rebels for me to to continue talking about it though, because I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, we saw more Mandalorians on the Clone Wars. We got a little glimpse of like what they were like, and now we're we're learning even more. So I don't know if this clan that he's trying to become a part of, you know, we're actually not certain up until this point, if he is actually a Mandalorian or if he was just kind of taken in by Mandalorians. And right. he, this is almost like a tribute to them. We're not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure because I, there's also people that say Jango Fett wasn't a true Mandalorian and that Boba Fett is also not a true Mandalorian because he's a clone of Jango Fett. Oh. So, I yeah. didn't realize that. Right. Well, I, mean, I realized Boba Fett was a clone, but not yeah. that Django wasn't a true Mandalorian. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, if you look at him, so we we learned in that, and jumping ahead just a little bit, in episode four, uh, he's explaining to the one woman that's in, in this place that they are at in Sanctuary about how he can't take his helmet off because once you take the helmet off, you can never put it back on again. Mm-hmm. And there's only certain people that you can take the helmet off in front of but you can't do it just all willy-nilly. That's why he won't eat in front of people, right, you know? Right. So, And he says specifically in that when they took him in. Right, he says that they took he him says in, they right? they took him in, which makes me think he's not a born Mandalorian, which maybe the rules are different. Well, he keeps calling himself a foundling, right? Something like that. Like, so was he, he, yeah. he was like a product, obviously a product of the Clone Wars that was found after... Something happened and then, you know, it was taken care of. I mean, we all know the Empire did some bad things to the Mandalorians and everything. So, you know, it's probably why he's not too keen on them. But we're going to find out more as the season goes on and uh, hopefully season two as well because we already know that it's filming and happening. Uh, because, awesome. uh What's her face? Um, the girl who plays Cara Dune. I can't remember her name. Ah, why is that name escaping me right now? Gina Carano. Gina Carano. She was in Deadpool, right? You're right. Gina Carano. Um, she uh, has already posted uh, photos from from the set, so it's oh, it's it's it's. Nice. Well, I knew it was happening, but I mean, it's like really happening right now. Anyway, all right. So let's talk about uh, episode number three, the sin. Uh, he's coming back. He's got baby Yoda with him. It's after everything that went on with the Jawas and the egg, egg, mm-hmm. and everything. And you know he's. He's whatever, you know, he's acting cold. He's like, here's the kid, you know. But you kind of see that there's a little bit of a of an attachment. Yeah. You know? You kind of see that in the uh, 
just in Yoda playing with the thing, baby Yoda, playing yeah. with the things in his Yoda, ship. Yeah. You know, that little that little ball, and he's like, that's not a toy. Right. Like, you can just see this affection growing right. for this child. Exactly. No, when the stormtrooper, real... you know? When he oh, grab, yeah. When the stormtrooper grabs, like, the carrier or whatever you want to call it, the baby yeah. carrier, and he's, like, careful with that. And he's like, you be careful with yeah. that. I, I, just, like, I just love the that? needless snark of yeah. stormtroopers. They just hate. Take it easy. You take it easy. Right, yeah. Why don't you take it easy? It's like, whoa, hey, buddy. Yeah. Calm down. But I think when you really can tell. Well, I got a flamethrower on my arm, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Right. You didn't know that? That he had a, that flamethrower? Well. Well, you knew that. Be- before he right. actually used Roast, the started thrower. roasting people. Yeah, you know he's used that in every episode so far. The first one. The the he's used the flamethrower in every single episode, so he loves that thing. It's effective. It is very effective for roasting and people till he runs out of fuel. Yeah, I don't know. They're never going to explain that. It's like endless bullets <laughs> in action movies. Whatever. Um, I don't care. But yeah, you really you can really tell he's starting to develop some kind of care for this kid yeah. in that moment with the stormtrooper and then when he actually drops baby Yoda off right. and then he asks what their intentions are for right. him. I like when he goes back, he has that next meeting with Carl Weathers' character and he's just like, how many fobs did you give out? Because, you know, on his way back, he's fighting everybody. He's like, all of them. I gave them everybody. I gave everybody one of these things and you're the only one who could do it. Yeah, almost belittling literally every bounty hunter in that canteen. Right. Right. I give them to everyone. Yeah. And none of them could do it. They right. all suck. Right. That was terrible. It's very Apollo Creed of him, so I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Um, man, oh man, though. like Just like the look when he when he collects his bounty from the Empire, or from the, the Imperial guy, um, and he has the new armor made, and he's got all the sh- new shiny armor on, and he comes walking in and everything like that. Uh, you know, it's just funny because it's like, you know, it's, you know, the, that... That's that Vascar steel was taken from them and he got it back, but he got it back in like a way that you can tell he doesn't really love, you know what I mean? And yeah. he's very concerned about what they're going to be doing with the child. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's not quite sure. And, and that's the whole thing. Like they keep saying, like, you know, that's not the way of the guild. You know, you do your job, you leave, that's it. You don't ask questions. You don't, right. you don't need to know. It's like a need to know basis type thing. But, I mean, you've got to admit, like, you'd be a little curious, like, what the heck these grown adults from the Empire, of all places, and this scientist who uh, is believed to be some sort of affiliation with Kamino, mm-hmm. uh, want with this little baby Yoda. I mean, as far as we know, Yoda and Yaddle are the only ones of that race, so we have no idea anything, anything more about that. So I'd be curious, too. I can't blame him for that. Yeah, because that's a lot of, a lot of money. Yeah. for such a right little child, fifty-year-old right. child. Right. But then he goes to leave, and then you see the change of heart, the little ball thing that you had mentioned before. Yep. As he goes to reach for it, and it's not there, and he's just like, "All right, screw this. I got to go back and see what's going on with this kid." And uh, that was a great that scene with him going through that area. Uh, you know, just like assaulting the stormtroopers and like raiding it was to me as awesome as that first ever stairway fight scene from Daredevil season one, where he's just going at the bad guys and just oh, like, yeah, you know, the endless, right, nonstop, just like get to your end goal and whatnot. Um, can, and we it, ju- can we just talk about how awesome this man's rifle is? 
Oh, that's a good weapon. Like, it disintegrates people. Yep. Shocks people. Uh, apparently, it has, like, semi-heat vision. Well, maybe that's in his mask. But I think that's in his mask. But super hearing. He's pointing the rifle at it, and he's, like, got a microphone or something that's hearing through the walls. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's like an assassin, second, man. Second best weapon Not an in assassin, all of Star Wars. Yeah. No. What's the first? Lightsaber is just awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that one. Lightsaber is pretty sweet. Um... Stormtrooper blaster. No, they always miss. <laughs> I know. Han Solo blaster from close range. Mm, who who shoots first? Han. I don't know. Always. Always. Uh, all right. So oh, actually, going back. Yeah. To when he gets the payment. Yeah. Have you have you seen the stuff about the little Easter egg about that little canister that he pays him with all the steel in it? No. What was that? Oh, apparently, th- uh, this is a callback to Empire. When they're they're fleeing the Cloud City, mm-hmm. someone's running with a container, which, yeah. unbeknownst to me, but to Star Wars nerds everywhere, <laughs> I guess it's been a, a whole thing that people have talked about. What's this container? It looks like an ice cream maker. Right. That same container is the container that he delivers the bounty to him in. Oh. So they. So tied... that's what they gave to Boba Fett, right? Me, uh, the picture that I see is some random person running with it, not necessarily Boba Fett, but oh, okay. it's the same style container. Which right. is minutia like that's pretty cool when they tie it in. Not that I'll get it right away. Yeah. But when you see the other Star Wars people nerding out right. on it, I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's right. some thought. That's cool. Um, uh, well, there's been a, there's been a, quite a few things that they've that they've done that with. When you get further into Rebels, we can talk about that a little bit more because they did some really cool retcon sort of um, with with some characters in that for the original trilogy. Because of course, Rebels takes place before. Right. The events of A New Hope and everything. Um, so, you know, he, he does the whole thing. He changes his mind. He gets into the the room where they've got the kid and the scientists in there, and they're doing some kind of scans on him. So what that I, I think that those are probably just sort of like, you know, checking his vitals, making sure that he's okay. Maybe they're measuring force sensitivity. I was going to say. Not really are, sure, you know. Are they maybe trying to harness midichlorians? Uh, that could be true. Are they bringing, they're bringing midichlorians back maybe? I'm not really sure. I mean, they can't go anywhere, right? They are canon. They are, but. We could just Every, yeah. So is Jar Jar. No one wants to remember. Yeah, that. they could go away. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just I'm 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 confused if he if that little baby Yoda is in fact a clone or if they just know of his presence and they're trying to figure out how to clone him or somehow harness the yeah. abilities that they have because you know I, I don't know if there's a, a, a another race of any of of human alien whatever you want to say on Star Wars that is born with force abilities um you know because we don't know much about about Yoda so that's where I'm at I don't know if he's a clone or not I'm not sure cuz it could go either way at this point whatever the origins are it's probably going to be right. mind blowing to right. some extent um and then of course he gets the kid and that's really cool and then you have the big standoff at the end where you know, Carl Weathers is there with all of the other bounty hunters. <laughs> As he's walking down yeah. the street and you just see, like, right. fobs lighting up yeah. and people becoming aware. Well, I think first we'll talk about after he gets his bounty and he goes back to, like, that Mandalorian place where they're all – where they all are. And they're starting to make – they're starting to make his armor. And he has that confrontation with that big dude. The John Favreau one, right? Is that who – is that who's in that suit? I think so. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, um, I think he's voicing that person. He too. might be voicing it. I don't know if he's the guy that's in the suit though. I, I don't mean, think so. I John Favreau's not like super tall or anything. But either way, I think yeah. uh, 
I think he voiced that Mandalorian Did character. Did he? Okay. Well, you know, he has this whole thing, and we learn, you know, this is the way. Mm-hmm. The, you know, this is the way, or whatever. They're all, I think they're trying to rebuild the classic Mandalorian culture that you kind of keep hearing referenced of, like, them fighting that big beast in their mythology and everything like that. Um, I think that's what they're trying to do, and they have this whole fight where, you know, he's like, well, you got this back, but you didn't do it in the in a noble way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then, you know, flash forward to, to this scene, and he's trying to leave with the kid, and he looks like he's got a good plan, jumps on the speeder, is trying to get out of there, but, you know, that doesn't go right, and then he's stuck in a jam, totally, totally outnumbered, outgunned, and everything, and as great as the Mandalorian is. Not able to get out of that situation. Right. That's that's a little extreme. Right. I mean, stormtroopers is one thing because right. we know stormtroopers. Whatever. You know, they're there, but easily taken down. Exactly. Bounty hunters. Totally different. A little story. different story. Um, but then we get the Riders of Rohan moment, <laughs> where all of the Mandalorians come in with their jetpacks. And that big guy takes out like the Gatling gun, like oh, Jesse Ventura, so Predator awesome. style. And just starts mowing people down, and they're telling him, go, get the kid out of here and everything. And I think that that was him kind of like, th- that was his moment of, all right, this is not the life for me. I need to, I'm, I want to do something more or whatever, or, yeah. or at least like do good. I want to do right by by this child that I've discovered, because clearly, like you said, there is the bond and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and I thought for sure when I when that when that gunfight was happening, like I was just like, man, are all of these Mandalorian guys like are they are they sacrificing themselves right now for him to get out of here and everything? Yeah, totally you know? sacrificing the way. Yeah, exactly. But that's what they keep saying. This is the way. This is the way. Um, and then you know when he's flying off uh, in his ship and everything, that big Mandalorian dude comes flying alongside of him, gives him a, of all things a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, my. like whatever. And okay, there's a universal sign for everything's good. Right. But and then I he, mean, and then he's like gushing over the jetpack. Right. I gotta get me one of those. Right. Actually, second to the flamethrower, whistling yeah. birds are. Oh yeah. Amazing. Right. He used those up real quick, though. I mean, I guess I he, mean, he had to. He, he, he needed to, but still, that was like those. The whistling birds are very similar to, uh, uh, in the first Iron Man. When he's like zeroing in on all the headshots of the of the terrorists who have people oh, in front of them, yeah, and he just like puts his thing out and they just like doo, 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 and takes them all down. Very similar. So John Favreau, if that was a uh, slight little nod to the film that has now made you a gigantic star in many people's eyes, well done, well done, yeah, good job. Um, so that that. Episode concludes, and then we we get to the next episode, which is called Sanctuary, which opens up, and you see just like these farmer people, um, and they start to get raided by these guys, and they've got the the ATAT Walker with them, yeah, um, which ATST th- ATST Walker with them. Excuse me. You know what? You know what the opening of this reminds me of? What the opening of a Hercules Legendary Journeys episode? Yeah. Kind of. Like there's these innocent people and right. then there's raiders and then they leave. Yeah. And then like that kind of sets the plot. That just reminded me of one of those old nineties. Right. I wasn't sure TV if shows. um I at first I wasn't sure if that was taking place in present time on the show or if it was some sort of flashback that we were gonna get and that was like the uh 
like the, the opening for like a character that we were going to meet or something like that. But no, it, it was in current time and everything. Uh, we see the Mandalorian land on this world where he scans, sees that there's not a whole lot of life there and everything. So he thinks that they're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And they go into the bar and they start ordering, they're ordering the soup or whatever. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, he spots um, he spots Gina Carano's character, uh, Cara Dune. From across the way, she's looking at him, and I think he immediately is suspicious as to whether or not she is a bounty hunter there for them. Yeah, Which obviously absolutely. he's going to be—he's going to be with one eye open. He's going to be sleeping with one eye open forever at this point until things have uh, you know flushed themselves out. Um, and so he—he's like you know like take care of the kid, you know, gives a nice tip to the waitress who is already getting a very nice tip, and. <laughs> And she's very appreciative. She's very appreciative. I like that she had no idea what was going on at all. Like she was very like she, she had, just loves bone broth. Yes, that's very true. Well, who doesn't <laughs> really? Um, and then you know he's outside, and you get to see that cool. That's where I think that that's where we saw that that it was in his helmet and not the rifle. Oh right, like the vision or where the heat because he had that from outside too. Right. Um, rifle. So we get to see he's like he's tracking Kara's character. Um, and the first introduction we have to them is just an awesome all-out fist fight brawl that ends with the meme of 2019-2020 of Baby Yoda standing there as they're about to both shoot each other in the head, <laughs> just sipping soup, <laughs> just sipping it. And uh, yeah, just, good job, waitress. Right. Way do, to watch Yoda. Do you want any soup? Like, <laughs> like come on, like what the heck? Um, I think that's what I like about this show. Yeah, it's not taking itself too seriously, but when it needs to be serious, right. it's serious. It's 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 a good mixture of Star Wars and almost Marvel. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, and then we get to learn we as they're sitting down and eating their soup and everything. We learn that uh, Kara is a uh, ex. I think she's an an ex rebel shock trooper who was actually going around hunting down former Imperials, which is pretty pretty cool backstory yeah very cool backstory it's kind of like what was going on there's a great trilogy of books that came out called star wars aftermath which explores what happened after the battle of endor and that there are people out there going after former imperials and then former imperials are now turning to fight on the side of the new republic and everything like that so it's kind of interesting um this this whole episode seemed kind of reminiscent of return with the reference to endor yeah the atst yep well, I think that they're all supposed to be like a nod to, you know, what came before it and everything. Yeah. Um. So you kind, of, I, I like that you saw that. Um. So you know, uh, but she's she's saying that she's kind of laying low on this planet and everything. So you know, if they're there, that's a lot of heat, and they need to go because she was there first. Which it's funny, you know, these planets. Yeah. They're entire planets. So like, say you're laying low in Asia. Right. I can't go lay low in New York. Correct. Like these planets have one town. I mean, think about it on a on a level of uh, you know, if, if the Imperials have probe droids everywhere, and they're looking, and you know, he's got every bounty hunter now in the galaxy 
looking for him. They've got a fob or something. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it's dangerous. If she's trying to lay low and everything, I think she knows that it just means that, you know, he's got trouble following him and it, it can't follow him there. Um, so you see him getting ready to take off, and then all, you see people riding up, and it's the people from the village at the beginning of the show, and they're looking for a warrior to come and save them. Very a la Magnificent Seven. That's what me. I have. Yeah, I have that written down. Yeah, definitely Magnificent Seven feel right. for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, but I like that. You know, <clears throat> you know, he's got the magnificent. It's you know, they ride in. It's the Magnificent Seven feel where they like call to him for help and whatnot and it starts off as uh, uh he all right i'll go i'll make some money you want to make money or whatever he goes and gets Kara, asks him if she's interested in making some more money and uh you know it all it all ends up with them going into trying to train these villagers on how to defend themselves against the raiders from the beginning um the problem is is like they don't know how to bring down that walker because that's a huge weapon and everything. And I know it's kind of like, you know, it, it's laughed upon and everything with, you know, kind of how they were in Return of the Jedi. I mean, we saw them inflict some some serious damage and everything, but still, you know. Yeah, and then they kind of came down just with a couple yeah. vines around their legs. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, I you know they mentioned that too. Like, you know, you've got to damage the legs. You know, you got to go for the legs because mm-hmm. once that happens, like, they lose their footing and whatnot, which, I mean, come on, terrible. What's, what's you the have design to, there? You have to ask how Ravengers got their hands on an ATST. Right. You know, that's what that's one of the things that I didn't like is that we never got to see inside of it to see who was behind it, you know, who was um. piloting it. You know, was that somebody, like, that was former Imperial that I just kind of, like – locked in with them or something like that. But it, w- it was very interesting. These krill farmers, they're teaching to fight. And, of course, the the only one who knows how to fight is this woman named Omera, I think Omera or Omara, um, who uh, who is like she's the one that's the focal point in the beginning, her and her daughter and everything. Um, she's the only one who knows how to shoot. And, of course, she's a great shot when they're doing the, the you know the whole learning process of – and everything like that, which I thought was really cool, and that was really what reminded me a lot of, of of it being the Magnificent Seven style, is because there's always that trope in westerns about like this widow who knows how to defend herself and yeah. everything, you know, against these these other farmers that like really they know how to farm krill, they don't know how to defend themselves or anything like that. But it was kind of cool to see them teach these people and lead them, and uh, you know, and they end up, you know. They get the raiders. They do their little, like, you know, the booby trap. They they set all of their beer on fire, essentially. Blow it up. <laughs> That's going to make them mad. And then they, they get them to follow them back to the village where they've dug out these holes and they've set up all these traps and trenches and everything in hopes that the walker will continue walking forward and walk into it, but it doesn't work out that way at first. Right. It stops right there on right. the edge. Which, come on. Seri- like, seriously. Of course that had to happen. Like, the, like. There was, I mean, I could have predicted that it wasn't just going to walk in and be over with. Yeah. Which made for a great, it was a great scene. It was a really good fight scene. You got to see these guys defending themselves against these raiders who had been, you know, wreaking hell on their lives and everything, stealing all of their stuff. Because those guys, they farm the krill and then they sell that and then that is how they make their living and everything. So these guys stealing it and everything, it just really affects their lives. They're the grasshoppers from A Bug's Life. Yes, yes, essentially. <laughs> Everything comes back to Pixar. Everything does. Days. 
Um, <clears throat> or is the grass? Yeah, the grasshoppers in a bug's life. I was like, that wasn't ants, was it? No, that's that's a bug's life. But definitely a bug's life. Um, thank you, Disney Plus, and <laughs> <laughs> for, for many things at this point. Um, but yeah, so they defend themselves. They end up getting the best of the Walker as it walks in because they uh, both uh, Kara and the Mandalorian do what they have to do in order to bring it down. You know, he sets the charge on it, it blows up, and then you flash forward. It's like a couple weeks later and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got it set up a little bit that Omera might be a love interest for him as she's saying that he could stay. You know, stay here. The child is happy here. You seem happy here. Like She just wants to get, you know, get in that mask. She does. The mask, the pants, whatever you want. The Mandalorian. <laughs> um but yeah, so you know, she tries to take off the mask, and that's when you know you start to start learning more about like I can't take it off and everything. And then um, when Kara is asking him what happens if you take it off, and he says he can never put it back on, you know, because that is essentially like what makes him what he is. Yeah, I'm wondering if different you know? clans just do their own thing differently. It could be because that's another question that I have is like, has he ever taken it off in front of in front of the child or anything yet? You know, does I would assume not. I gotta think that that's gotta be like a that's gonna be like a big deal moment when he finally takes it off because I guess uh, from what I was seeing, my guy Charlie at Emergency Awesome did a really good video and he was saying that their Mandalorians are allowed to take it off in front of their significant other and their children and then like select other people or whatever, but not just all willy nilly. Like it's gotta be somebody that you really love or trust or something like that. So. That that's the way that that goes. That's why I think it's got to be a really big moment when he finally takes the mask off in front of the baby Yoda or something like that, you know, which yeah. I hope that that doesn't mean like that it's a bad moment, but you never know. <laughs> you really, you know, you do I, never know. I have a feeling we're going to have to wait for chapter eight for that to happen. Right. And chapter six is actually this Friday. Um, we are getting closer and closer to the conclusion, which chapter I can't six. even believe. Chapter, chapter five. Six, cha- Chapter, oh, chapter five, not chapter six. It's December sixth. That's right, why I was right. confused. Like, don't don't take a chapter. Right, away. I don't. Yeah, I know. I'm not trying to rush it along. Believe me, I want as much of this as I can possibly get my hands on. So, did uh, did you happen to notice he he goes up to Kara, tells her, "Hey, Heat's going to be coming after a big upheaval that we just a big battle like we just had. You should yeah. get out of here." And then he's like, "I'm going to leave the kid here." I know, right? Like, like that yeah. seems like a good reason to not. Right, leave Baby Yoda there, right. which we then end up seeing. Right, because they get the other. All of a sudden, you see somebody walking with a fob and a bounty hunter, and Kara takes him out, and that's when he realizes, well, we can't stay here; we have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know he invites her to go along with them, and she's essentially like, "No, I'm going to go my own way." And then he's like, "All right, until we meet again." And it's almost like assuring us that they're going to meet again. Right, they're going to they're going to show up. I, it's not going to be in the next episode, I don't think, but down the line there's going to be cuz we still haven't seen uh we still haven't seen Giancarlo Esposito's character yet. Oh, I and forgot he, he was even going to be in. Right. It. So he's playing in a former imperial who's got death troopers with him, which are the coolest stormtroopers ever in my opinion. Which one are the death troopers? The, the all black, all black from Rogue One. Oh yeah, they're the coolest ones, hands down. So cool. Like there's no, there's no topping it. <laughs> I don't think. When you're called a death trooper, right? That's it. Yeah, you are. That's what you do. You bring death. <laughs> so yeah, so he's got those guys with him. We um, haven't met uh, Ming Na Wen's character yet either. Right. I think that's got to be the next episode. I think that's episode five. 
I think that she'll show up on in this next one, and then I I think he's got to gather like a, a would be group of heroes. Because I don't think that that's also that can't be it for Taika Waititi's character either, because he's the one who voiced that IG bounty droid in the uh, in the first episode, and I can't think that that's the only thing that he did, because he was doing a lot of press for this and everything, just yeah. so just to be involved in the final what five to six minutes of an episode, yeah, going out and doing press. There's got to be that? more, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe maybe another IG droid with the same. Voice or or he just repaired himself. Somebody found him and repaired him or something like that. What I want to know there's a big hole in that thing. Right. Head. I I would like to know why why the people in the first episode had the baby Yoda in the first place. Like were they holding him or were they protecting him? You know. And is he going to have to go back to them and be like, sorry about that whammy. You know. <laughs> like sorry I destroyed all of you, but. He's here, and uh, now I'm on your side because I don't want anybody getting their hands on him either. So there's still there's a lot to go. We've got four episodes left, and yep. I think we're going to learn a lot more. I'm just hoping that the episode lengths. I mean, I could go. I could watch The Mandalorian for hours, you know. So I'm hoping that the episode lengths are going to get a little bit longer, you know. I'm, I've am i come to the conclusion I'm good with whatever length yeah. tells the story without having to put too much filler just to – just for the get sake of getting time. it. Yep, I get you. Yep, that makes sense. So this past one, it needed the length. Yep, because it told a lot of the story. But, you introduced yeah. characters, and and you got to you know see these new people and things, which I think is awesome. Each one of these episodes could really be something that somebody jumped in and watched and could kind of understand what was going on without having seen the first one. Yeah, which I think is kind I think of cool. Chapter four, the most. Yep. Yeah, that was a really that that was solid. And like I said, like we've we've already talked about how much the Mandalorian reminds us of a western, but that was just like so much of like an old time uh, gunslinger rides into town and and saves it from the bandits and everything like that. It was great. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic. I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just I've it's been it's been a while. I feel like it's been a really long time since I, I've watched a show where I really like the first episode and then they've just gone up and gotten better and better and better. And there's only two like two shows for me that come to mind with with that. One of them is Breaking Bad and the other one is Game of Thrones. Like until the last season of Game of Thrones that is. But like when you when you're first watching it and you're just like how on earth could things get even better. Oh, we're just going to have him go in and he's just going to kick some more ass and everything like that. Yeah. Mandalorian's not to Breaking Bad level for me yet. No, it's not I'm not to that level, but I'm just saying like the enjoyment level of each episode. Like I didn't yeah. think I'd enjoy that one as much as the last one, but I enjoyed it even more, you yeah. know? Um, for me, I think episode three so far has been my absolute favorite as much as I enjoyed episode four and we got to see the world building and the new characters. Yeah, no. <laughs> Man. Episode, oh uh, yeah, Three, Cha- chapter three, three was great. Uh, he just the way he takes out all those stormtroopers, yeah, and like is super stealth about it, yeah. And then on, right after that, it's like you have a two second lull in action, and ne- then he's in a shoot off with bounty hunters, right? Yeah, that episode was the yeah the best. It was the it, best. It's so far, it's been good. And I feel like it's not gonna be. It's probably it, it may end up being your favorite, but I don't know if it's gonna be the best one because I think we're still gonna see a lot more information come out. We're gonna learn some things. And I think we're going to get a lot more little Easter eggs and everything with Star Wars. Uh, what you were talking about before was with uh, the baby Yoda 
doing his thing and summoning that what the or the the, the loft cat is that is I that don't what know that what was it's called that was a that was a I loft just cat recognize from, it from multiple episodes of rebels right because well that's, that's where Ezra learns how to like yeah talk to beasts or whatever well that's because they're from Lothal so that's a loft cat that's where they're from is Lothal so that's why they're called that so we got to see that and I was just like wow man they are really because I mean we've already seen different bits and pieces of rebel that brings it into the Star Wars canon and Rogue One you saw Chopper rolling past them when they were on Yavin I believe and uh, the ghost was in the big ship fight um, at the end of that movie in space Oh, yeah, I it's need to real, watch Rogue One now. You know, it's real, real Again. quick. Because, well, you wouldn't have noticed that before. Um, also, you can hear on the overhead speaker in Rogue One, they're saying something about General Sandula. So that's Hera. Okay. So she's that's definitely awesome. involved in it. Yeah. I would like to see more. I know that the ghost actually, and I don't know who's piloting it. I don't know where it does, but in that big scene in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, when all of a sudden you see all the ships and the Millennium Falcon takes you know, the front and center focal point, the ghost is somewhere in there too. Oh. So so we'll see these guys maybe come back know. into things. I don't know. Yeah. So you got to imagine all prior to A New Hope, you know, they'd be pretty old. Yes, they would be because, I mean. Uh, well, Ezra wouldn't. Right. He's probably about the same age as Luke. Well, I am just started reading, by the way, the, the book that you got me for my birthday, The Resistance Reborn. Um, which takes place, I mean, it literally picks up right after the Battle of Crate um, from The Last Jedi. And they're out trying to find people to help them and rebuild the resistance and everything like that. Um, anybody who's read the Aftermath trilogy, there's some really sweet Easter eggs in there, but they go to try and bring Wedge Antilles back. Ooh. So that he I heard can Wedge fight. was coming back. Yeah, I believe he's going to be in Rise of Skywalker. Right. I believe the actor is going to be in there, which is kind of cool. So if he if he's coming back, they said that, you know, they couldn't be more than the same age as Leia. And if she's there, then a lot of these other characters could be there too. Because did you yeah. see I think Leia Leia was in an episode of of Rebels as well, correct? I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure if that was season one or season two. I couldn't remember. Well, you did see uh, the Lando episode. Yeah, I've seen a Lando. couple. There's so. two that Lando has been in. Oh, there's two that Lando's been in. I well, he, uh, he had a full episode where right. it kind of centered around him. <laughs> right. And then there was another one where they kind of communicate with him and, uh, I don't know, he hooks him up with something. I forget what exactly Animated what Lando, voiced by Billy D. Williams, is ten times better than <laughs> Donald Glover Lando. Like, Absolutely. Good Lord. I just, like, I, you know, I like I said, I really liked Solo the second time that I saw it. Like, I knew what I was getting into. It was kind of disappointing the first time, but I really enjoy it for what it is now. But I still, man, I don't like Donald Glover. He's doing a Billy D impression. Which I don't like. And it's not a good one. Right, because the dude who played Han is doing such a good job of just being the character without doing a Harrison Ford impression. Right. You know, so. that's what acting is. Right. Not who's best at impersonating someone. Unless, you know, you're Dana Carvey. And then that's what (laughs) you do. That's your life. That is your job. So, all right. Well, like we said, the next episode is scheduled for Friday. Um, and you can bet your butts we will be watching it. Absolutely. And then we'll be back here again next week, hopefully Monday this time, provided we don't get another two feet of snow, as that's where we are in upstate New York. I uh, love it. You know what? It's December. We might as well roll with it. It's Hoth out there right now. <laughs> it's just themed for our podcast. So, all right, we will catch you next time on We Have Spoken.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.